0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's
1: definitely not a problem.
0: Uh, Reese's, you did it.
1: You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter, at Davis Maddock. This is our weekly waiver wire show. I run through quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Actually, I actually have a couple defensive and special teams recommendations this week. Won't have that every week. We are heading into the bye weeks, the first bye week in the NFL, week five. Obviously, a fair number of injuries to deal with. No one, you know, really leaping off the page this week on The waiver Wire, which I think will probably be the case for the rest of the season. Something I've noticed is that people just seem a little bit better at fantasy football this year. You know, guys that you would expect to be available in less competitive 12-team leagues with 16-man rosters, you know, there just are not... As many roster cloggers being held on to, people aren't holding three tight ends, two quarterbacks, two defenses, things like that. And that means that a lot of the moves that we are going to be making on the waiver wire are going to kind of be around the edges. You know, we are not really going to be making a ton of huge bids, obviously, unless there is multiple cluster injuries at running back, huge wide receiver breakouts. I think probably the biggest thing to note for me this week, and I noticed this when I was working on my notes, is that I expect there to be a fair few number of guys who are pretty rosterable dropped in fantasy football. You know, for example, when we get to wide receiver, we're going to talk about Marvin Mims. Um, You know, we're going to talk about Jamison Williams, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. And I think some of these guys are going to get dropped with teams that are, you know, one in three, dealing with injuries, dealing with bye weeks. So definitely keep an eye this week after your waivers run on who gets dropped. Now, let's go ahead and get into it. Starting at the quarterback position, it obviously, I think, has to start with CJ Stroud. He is the quarterback 11 in fantasy football right now, 18.6 fantasy points per game. He did fine against the Colts, did fine against the Jaguars, absolutely beat up on the Steelers. He gets to play Atlanta. This week, Noah Brown is on the injured reserve, meaning their three wide receiver set is just locked in to three guys who I think are quite good. Tank Dell... Nico Collins, Robert Woods, and, you know, Dalton Schultz not bad. We'll see. I something I'm really waiting for is for Damian Pierce to really take a stranglehold on this backfield. I think that will be a huge boon to Stroud and the entire offense. You know, Singletary just not really giving them anything. Uh Stroud got picked up in a lot of high stakes leagues last week. My guess is in regular 12 teamers, he's fairly available. I like him as a fill-in for Justin Herbert this week. However, I do like Sam Howell more he gets to play on Thursday night against the Chicago Bears. He has taken 24 uh, 24 sacks this year. He is on pace to just absolutely shatter the NFL record for most sacks taken in a season, of course, set by David Carr, not Derek Carr, for the Houston Texans. But Howell would be my number one streamer this week ahead of Stroud. So if you just need a one-week guy, Howell is probably better. Dobbs, Josh Dobbs is someone we need to pay attention to. Started off the season pretty slow against the Commanders, no touchdowns, took three sacks, only ran three times, but then against the Giants, three rushes for 41 yards and a touchdown, six rushes for 55 yards and a passing touchdown, only two sacks taken against Dallas, then honestly beat up on the 49ers, 265 passing yards, two touchdowns, 12 rushes for 48 yards. I I think Dobbs is a fairly strong streamer and gets to go up against the Bengals this week who are just, you know, they're the walking dead. They are zombies. And then a quick note for Super Leagues. I am in a couple of these. Uh, for example, if you are playing in the Scott Fishbowl, I think that Taylor Heineke is a really good preemptive ad. Desmond Ritter has basically been the worst quarterback in the NFL. Um, I mean, he is he is nuking everything like he has just been so brutal I can't imagine that he keeps really getting away with it uh, the Falcons schedule right now they play the Texans this week got to think that's an L I mean CJ Stroud is just playing so well and then if they lose that game against the commanders so they lose Jacksonville Houston commanders then they get to that divisional game in week seven I bet Heineke starts that divisional game against the Buccaneers in week seven so something to keep an eye on there Moving to the running back position, this one is going to be very league dependent. 12 team leagues with 16 man rosters, I bet Jaleel McLaughlin of the Denver Broncos is not owned, but in, you know, the main event and things like that, um, I think he probably will be. I mean, we've talked about him multiple times already on this show and over on the TakeCast Patreon. I, I love McLaughlin. Um, made the team as an undrafted free agent, the all-time leading rusher in college football history. Now, he's a small dude, and he's 23 years old, 5'7", 187 pounds, but his Youngstown State stats. Uh, I I mean, really incredible stuff. Actually sort of similar to former Denver Bronco running back who is very relevant for fantasy in Philip Lindsay, where he just dominated at a smaller school, made the roster as an undrafted free agent, kind of came out of nowhere. So Javante Williams has a hip injury. The team says he is not going to be out, not going to miss much, if any, time. But coming off an ACL tear, this is probably a compensation injury. I would imagine that McLaughlin is the best waiver wire pickup, period. Now, he is going to play behind Samaj P. Ryan. He played 33% of the snaps against the Chicago Bears. P. Ryan is going to get the opportunity, and obviously if P. Ryan is out there in your league, you do want to get him. But McLaughlin has been an efficient rusher. He's been getting short yardage and goal line work which is pretty important. P Ryan, I think is going to handle the passing downs. If he's out there in your main event, I think 25% is probably going to be needed to get him. I think you could go up to, you know, 33, 35%. I I think that's appropriate mostly because I imagine that he is going to have good contingent value for the rest of the season anyway. Also, the Broncos are 1 in 3. They are, you know, I mean, they are all tied for last place. In the uh, in the AFC period, there's no there's no zero and four teams in the AFC. They're going to be eliminated from playoff contention. You know, right about the time, honestly, that the fantasy football playoffs start, and I wonder if we see a little bit more. Of McLaughlin at that point, Keaton Mitchell for the Baltimore Ravens. He is eligible to come off of the designated for return IR. This guy was awesome at college. Declared as a true junior, 3,000 rushing yards, 6.5 yards per carry, 25 rushing touchdowns. Also caught 60 passes at Eastern Carolina. Scored 28 touchdowns in three seasons. Incredible. Uh, you know, ran an awesome 40 time. Gus Edwards led the Ravens' backfield in touches last week with Justice Hill still coming back from this toe injury. I, In fact, I, I'm going to say this right now. Keaton Mitchell, uh, he's my favorite pickup on the waiver wire this week. I, I think he's got the chance to be the lead Ravens running back sooner rather than later. Because Edwards is just so whatever. Justice Hill, they've tried it with him 100 times. They're playing Melvin Gordon Mitchell could actually be a difference maker. Obviously, it would just be a matter of, can this dude pass block at all? Does he understand the offense? How injured is he actually? But I think this guy looks like a potential difference maker, and he is a guy that you should be able to get through for one buck in a lot of your home leagues. Now, um, in in main event and stuff, like one, he's probably... Owned in like a decent number of those, but really the Ravens have no answer at running back. I'm adding him. He's probably going to be a claim for me in every high stakes league that I have this week. Latavius Murray is sort of the opposite of that, where it's just like, Some weeks, you might need to be able to get six projectable points out of your running back spot. Latavius has a role at the goal line. He's actually playing, weirdly enough, some long down and distance, passing downs, two-minute drill type stuff. I, I don't get it. I don't know why that is the case, but he does have a real role in this offense. He's already got 17 carries and seven targets on the season, also would have some contingent value. I mean, he just played 33% of the snaps against Buffalo. His lowest touch count of the year was in Week 1, that loss to the Jets. Two rushing touchdowns, multiple targets in every game but the Commanders game this year. Like, you've done worse, honestly, than Latavius Murray. Also, just a quick note on guys who should be owned in your league. Tajay Spears, Elijah Mitchell, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Travion Williams is on that list Um, Zamir White should be on that list. Kendra Miller, uh, Sean Tucker, Tank Bigsby, Rico Dowdle did just suffer a hip injury. So maybe Deuce Vaughn, uh, and then Tyler Algier, of course, all these contingent value guys, you know, kind of have similar value to the guys that we're talking about here. Um, Deuce Vaughn though. I want to hit on him a little bit more here because I do think there is a chance that he's going to have a real role if Dowdle is out. He was the one who was kind of closing that game out for Dallas last week. He got eight rushing attempts. Now, he did absolutely nothing with it, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, he played 22 snaps in that game, which is, you know, I mean, Dallas is going to be in those games where the other team is just not able to hang out with their defense. Uh, Amari DiMarcado played every touch behind James Conner. Keontae Ingram suffered a knee injury. Actually got four targets in the passing game. I think he is a little bit interesting, though I prefer Keaton Mitchell. Ronnie Rivers got 11 touches with Kyron Williams, you know, finally not handling every single touch for the Los Angeles Rams. He's probably worth a couple bucks, but again, well, I don't know. I think they might go to Zach Evans there too. Like, I just don't know how sustainable this Kyron Williams thing is. And and the Rams are sort of one of the surprises of the season. They're two and two. Why why would the Rams not think that they can make a wild card spot here? You know, the Eagles and the Cowboys will make it. The Lions will win that division, the 49ers will win their division, but there's not going to be a second wild card coming out of the NFC South. You know, this the Saints aren't doing that, the Panthers aren't doing that, I don't think the Falcons are doing that. And you know, the Rams are are just getting great results out of their team. I think Sean McVay is a good coach. So just something to keep an eye on there in that backfield. I think that is everyone worth mentioning at Running Back. If I missed anyone, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter uh, at at any given time. Uh, Wandale Robinson is where we are going to begin the wide receiver conversation. I, I mention him every single week, but you guys should know at this point that You know, it is officially Wandale season. He got 10 days off after his first game. He played 64% of the offensive snaps. He got targeted six times in that giant. I mean, just a terrible loss for the Giants. They are so stinky, but he did lead the Giants in targets, uh, five receptions for 40 yards. Now, a lot of Wandale stat lines are going to look like this, but if they do ever improve on offense, I do think that is going to be worthwhile, and I do think he is worth your fab dollars. Now, again, in a lot of leagues, Wandale is probably already picked up. I saw him go for $315 out of 1000 in one of my main events last week, but worth rostering in. Honestly, to me... 10 team formats. A lot of fantasy analysts would disagree with that, but I think those people are wrong. Uh, just do a quick check and make sure that Quentin Johnston is owned in your leagues, would be picking him up. Feel good about his usage. Same deal with Josh Palmer. Um, and then also check and make sure that Jameson Williams got picked up. He's eligible to come back a week early from his gambling suspension because the NFL has no idea what they're doing. The Lions clearly need what Jameson Williams provides you know, a deep guy who can actually earn a target here or there. That's sort of the one thing their offense is missing. I'm not that enthusiastic about him overall. Like I wouldn't even go crazy on him if he were available in any of my leagues because I think that he'll probably play behind Josh Reynolds. That is also another thing to note is that Josh Reynolds might get might get dropped in your league. Uh, he's got a groin injury. He's got a 20% target share in Detroit. He is like a decent-ish play. Any given week. I mean, obviously you're not wanting to start Josh Reynolds and Jameson Williams will send him to complete zero if Jameson Williams is good. But just check to see if he gets dropped this week. Same deal. Make sure to see if Marvin Mims gets dropped this week. He didn't score a touchdown last week, but he still leads the team in receiving yards on only 39 routes. It's it's really unbelievable. I prefer Mims. He's like my number one wide receiver stash right now, um, and I do think he'll get dropped this week with bye weeks and injuries and all that stuff just because it's, it's so hard to start a guy who's running like 10 routes a game, so people might just give up on him let's say, you know, a one in three team drafts, Marvin Mims, like they might just drop him because they need to start someone this week. Uh, Michael Wilson, 17% target share, gets seven targets, turns into touchdowns. He ran fewer routes than Rondell Moore, but in a given week, Michael Wilson is going to see a higher average depth of target, probably will actually come close to leading the entire NFL in average depth of target of guys who end up earning 80 or more targets. I, I think Wilson is good. I think that obviously Kyler Murray will be back. Wilson's role is going to be even better. Like Michael Wilson, to me, might be like a borderline starter if he holds this role. Put Josh Downs in the Marvin Mims-Jameson Williams group. He has run 84% of the routes available for the Indianapolis Colts this year. I think that, the biggest revelation for the Colts is that Anthony Richardson is going to be able to sustain multiple guys for fantasy football he didn't this last week with targeting you know the tight ends and and you know Alec Pierce and Isaiah McKenzie gets three targets on like seven routes or whatever but I'm bullish on downs I think he's quite good 3 to 5% on him this week I just want to have him on a lot of teams I think this might be your last week to acquire Rashi Rice. He's rostered in 36% of Yahoo leagues. My guess is he's another guy who's going to get dropped this week, but he leads all Kansas City wide receivers in fantasy points. He ran uh, almost more routes than Sky Moore on Sunday night, Um, only two fewer routes. I I think they're going to send Sky and MBS lower. And In fact, I think I'm going to call this right now I do think we get the Rashi Rice breakout game against the Minnesota Vikings. He, I actually, I I misspoke earlier. I said Mims was the best wide receiver stash. Rashi Rice is actually the best wide receiver stash. Tyler Boyd with T. Higgins banged up. Sure, whatever. Zay Jones, you know, there's going to be a role for him there. Um... Trey Palmer. Uh, Trey Palmer is my favorite FFPC main event pickup. I've already talked about him a lot on this show, but there's another reason to be bullish on him, which is that Mike Evans suffered a hamstring injury Palmer already has two touchdowns on nine targets this season. He ran a ton of routes with Mike Evans banged up in that game. He played 75% of the offensive snaps. He actually played 72% of the offensive snaps against Philly the week before. I just, I, I also like his production profile, his final year in Nebraska. Again, I've already mentioned this stuff, but 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns at Nebraska when no one else on the team could freaking get open. He had 71 receptions. Second on the team was 31 Trey Palmer is good. Um, add Trey Palmer on your fantasy teams. Finally, the disgusting, gross, no good position known as tight end. Zach Ertz, the dude won't go away. Another 10 targets, another 10 PPR points. He's never gonna win you a week. You know, that's like really the issue with him. Is he's got he's got no ceiling, but he can get you 8.3 points when you need it. I think Tyler Conklin has been dropped in a ton of leagues and he like pretty much plays every single down for the New York Jets, and for the first time in his career, uh, Zach Wilson looked pretty competent against the defending world champions, and Conklin had an end zone target, ended up popping out of his hands, but six targets in that game, I mean, again, it is definitely a bet on Zach Wilson, which doesn't feel that good, but This is tight end. We're talking about anyone who can score a touchdown needs to be mentioned. Logan Thomas came back as a clear starter after missing a week with a concussion. Uh, He had a uh, 27% target share and led the team in route participation. You know, good matchup this week against the Chicago Bears. Feeling pretty decent about him. Uh, Fuck you, Arthur Smith, Desmond Ritter, Pajanu Smith. you know he he had the most yardage of any tight end in a game this season. It is what it is. Uh, just to mention on Taysom Hill, Juwan Johnson got injured in the last game for the New Orleans Saints. Seemed like it happened in the uh, the pregame warmups because he didn't play a single snap. Derek Carr continues to be banged up. I, I wonder if we start to see some more Taysom packages and Darnell Washington. I'm just fascinated by him. He was such a good tight end pairing with Brock Bowers at Georgia. Pat Fryermuth is injured. The Texans uh, just beat the shit out of the Steelers. The team is missing Deontay Johnson and Kenny Pickett. We'll have Mitch Trubisky quarterbacking probably. The team needs a spark. I I like. Darnell Washington, um, you know, good good 1% to 3% bid uh, in tight end premium formats. Real quick on defense, got to pick up the Commanders this week. Uh, the Lions have a good matchup against the Panthers. The Arizona Cardinals are rostered in like no league, and they get to play against Joe Burrow, who's got nothing going on right now. The Texans aren't really owned in any leagues. They get Ritter this week. And, um, also just like any given week, just to mention any team that plays the Giants is also going to get there. Uh, that's going to do it for us here this week at the sports creative fantasy football podcast for the waiver wire. Of course, I will be back with Jacob on Thursday Reeves on Friday. If you guys missed the dynasty podcast that I did with Jacob and Corain, that is on the feed as well. Hope all of this was useful. Hope all this was helpful. Uh, If you want to reach out to me on Twitter with any questions, feel free to do that at DavisMatic. Good luck with your waivers this week, fellas.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or.